Welcome to Ageless by Rescue. This podcast is devoted to exploring the science of rejuvenation, uncovering the most trusted experts, the must-have products, innovations, and technology in the field of vitality, aesthetics, new beauty, and cosmetic enhancement. Welcome to this episode with the amazing Dr. Libby Weaver. Dr. Libby Weaver is a renowned nutritional biochemist, author, and founder of the food-based supplement range BioBlends. In this important episode, I invited Dr. Libby so we could deep dive into the topic of thyroid health and the impact of pressure and urgency culture on aging. Dr. Libby has a wealth of knowledge and scientific research at her fingertips, and she is passionate about helping people live with energy and vitality. In this episode, she shares her expertise on reducing the experience of stress, thyroid, and hormonal imbalances. We discuss the impact of imbalanced nervous system on disrupted sleep and digestive system We discuss the impact of an imbalanced nervous system on disrupted sleep and digestive symptoms. Sorry, one more time. We discuss the impact of an imbalanced nervous system on disrupted sleep and the digestive system. Dr. Libby explains why stress might be behind a sluggish thyroid and provides practical and natural tools to detect and address thyroid health. We also explore the vital importance of hormone and thyroid testing and the impact of sugar, stress, and menopause in age-related health issues. Dr. Libby's three-pillared approach, which explores the interplay between nutrition, emotions, and biochemistry of the body, is at the heart of her health message. She's a sought-after speaker and has shared the stage with luminaries such as Sir Richard Branson, Tony Robbins, and Marianne Williamson. Her ability to break down complex concepts into easy-to-understand language makes this episode a must-listen for anyone who's looking to improve their health and wellness. I last spoke to Dr. Libby about six years ago when we were able to have an in-person filming. So I was so excited to invite her to the show following the publication of multiple books since we last met. You'll notice in this episode that I barely speak because there is so much vital information from Dr. Libby that I don't want you to miss. Tune into this episode to gain insights and practical tools to support your wellness journey from one of the most respected women's health experts in the industry. I'm so excited to introduce you to Dr. Libby Weaver. The beginning of the thyroid cascade, if you like, it actually begins in the hypothalamus, which is a region in the brain. And the hypothalamus makes a hormone that calls out to the pituitary gland that's also in our brain. And the pituitary gland then makes a hormone that most of your listeners will be familiar with. It's called TSH, thyroid stimulating hormone. And TSH is the one that then communicates to the thyroid gland, which sits in the nape of our neck. And the thyroid itself produces T4 and T3. And T4 is inactive thyroid hormone and T3 is your active metabolism driving, temperature regulating hormone that literally every cell in the body needs. I think a lot of people think about when they think of their thyroid, they just think about weight loss. But if you can imagine the cells that make up your physical structure, every single one of those needs thyroid hormones to work optimally. So 
there are nutrients that are needed for this thyroid cascade to work properly. And those nutrients are iodine, selenium, iron, and zinc. Now, iodine is a sea-based, ocean-based nutrient. And a lot of people don't get enough of it on a daily basis. We only need a small amount. An adult female needs 150 micrograms per day to prevent deficiency. And so that's micrograms, not milligrams, like most nutrients are milligrams. Uh, then selenium is not in our soil. And obviously if a nutrient isn't in the soil, it can't be in our food and our, mate, our really own uh, really our only food source of uh, selenium these days is Brazil nuts. And if we're not eating those on a regular basis, then we need to supplement. Iron is the most common nutritional defic deficiency amongst women of menstruation age. It does improve a little bit after menopause, but between 20 and 30% of women uh, in Australia are iron deficient across those menstruation years. And that alone can have a dramatic impact on thyroid function. And then of course there's zinc. And our only real food sources of zinc these days, again, zinc used to be in the soil. So when we ate fruits and vegetables, we got some, whereas now we only really get zinc from oysters, red meat, and then there's a little bit in eggs and a small amount in sunflower seeds. So again, it's a very common nutritional deficiency. So you can hear in those four key nutrients that that can be one road that leads the thyroid to not work properly. The next thing is our sex hormones. The thyroid loves progesterone and it doesn't love an excessive amount of estrogen. So we make most of our progesterone after ovulation. So if someone has polycystic ovarian syndrome, once someone starts to go through perimenopause, ovulation becomes irregular until eventually it ceases. And then obviously postmenopausally, there is no more ovulation. We still make a very small amount of progesterone from our adrenal glands postmenopausally, but while, while someone is, is menstruating, you want to have as many ovulatory cycles as you possibly can because the thyroid itself loves progesterone. And if you have trouble with ovulation and you've got an excessive amount of estrogen and your thyroid's not working properly, quite often that's the thing that needs to be addressed. If you address the sex hormone imbalance, you'll get an improvement in thyroid function. But one can of the common COVID have sorry to interrupt you. Can long COVID mimic that glandular fever viral impact on the thyroid? I don't know, but I imagine so. It's a it's a typical pattern for viruses. Mm. Mm. So when so firstly, working out what is causing someone's thyroid to not work as well as it once did is uh, really important. But a very common scenario that I've seen in my working life, primarily in nutrition, is it's almost like a cumulative effect. So, so someone will be iron deficient across their menstruation years and it's never fully properly addressed. They're always either at the low end of the normal range or it's consistently low. Now, iron is needed not just for the oxygenation of all of our tissues and so therefore for energy. We need iron for phase one liver detoxification. We need iron for thyroid function. So when we when we live for years or decades with a degree of iron deficiency, it has a lot of it takes a lot of toll on our biochemistry. So there's firstly that I would say you've sort of got that at the heart of a lot of women's health challenges. And then if we add to that, the constant and relentless production of stress hormones uh, and 
obviously from a cellular perspective, when we have increased levels of stress hormones, everything tries to turn over faster and there's a lot more oxidative damage. Our requirement for antioxidants is higher. When we have lived with excessive amounts of cortisol, one of our stress hormones, it can slowly and gradually disrupt our ability to regulate blood glucose. We can end up insulin resistant. And so by the time someone is sort of reaching that perimenopause time in their life where ovulation ceases to be regular, so we don't get that lovely big surge of progesterone every month, not only do you have sort of the consequences and the symptoms that can arise from that sex hormone imbalance, you also then can really start to feel what's been there all along, but progesterone has protected you from experiencing because once the progester because progesterone is such a powerful anti-anxiety agent it's an antidepressant it's a diuretic so it allows you to get rid of excess fluid because progesterone has a lot of lovely biological effects when we make the right amount of it when we lose that we also then can start to our thyroid doesn't isn't getting what it has needed and if your thyroid's been working perfectly and it's been beautifully supported for most of your life no problem. But if you've got the beginning of a problem with the thyroid, it will quite often get diagnosed around that perimenopause time because that loss of progesterone is almost like the straw that breaks the camel's back for thyroid function. And that, but, that detoxification happens in your liver. So separate to identifying your thyroid function, separate to understanding what your sex hormones are doing, your production of estrogen levels, you also need for the rest of your life to be sure that you're correctly metabolizing and detoxifying the estrogen that is floating around your body. Beautifully said, yes. And so you can see though, that when we talk about the thyroid, there are numerous roads that can lead it to not work optimally. And I always do, I always try to get to the heart of what it is for someone to correct that thing. And whether it's a nutrient deficiency, a problem with sex hormones, but insulin resistance is one of the biggest contributors to metabolic dysfunction in so many people today. And uh, so many things improve once we address insulin resistance, including thyroid function. I want to ask you um, about insulin resistance because there's an enormous amount of talk at the moment about diabetes medications being used as anti-aging, as weight loss. You know, we've, we've got the surge of interest in Ozempic, which is a diabetic medication. Metformin has been used for a number of years now um, outside of its, you know, protocols for diabetic management. Um, there's also a lot of talk about berberine, which is a natural supplement that can also mimic the same uh, results as metformin. If you're talking about this being a really key part of health, um, most doctors won't prescribe um, metformin or berberine or anything of the sort uh, as a preventative measure. They wait until you get diabetes before they give you um, supplements or medication for it. Are you saying that there are other natural things we can do in lieu of if we can't get hold of these uh, medications and supplements? So I always will look at food first. I'm a big fan of getting to the heart of something rather than just band-aiding it. So not very long ago, 
we didn't eat very much sugar, for example, whereas now on average, we're consuming between 37 and 45 kilograms of sugar per person per year in Australia and New Zealand. So that's a, it's a ridiculous amount. Now, the World Health Organization says that six teaspoons a day is okay. Uh, but it's incredibly common for people when they're eating processed foods without them even realising to get up to, you know, 60 teaspoons a day can be just so easy when there's processed foods. of course, with alcohol as well, like that's blind sugar, right? Yes, absolutely. So tying that back to what you were saying about managing insulin levels naturally, you you say that one of the key things we can do is manage our sugar consumption. So if we're not taking metformin, if we're not taking uh, supplements, if we can just cut down on sugar, that that is the first and most powerful step we can take towards uh, insulin regulation. Sure what is. about going backwards to what you were saying about thyroids? Because you were talking about, but you said something really interesting, which I guess set off an alarm bell in me is that the test will come back normal, but we have to dig around. Now, one of the things that I hear most from my audience in DMs, in emails, is that they will go to a doctor and they will be kind of rushed through a a screening process, maybe if they're lucky, offered blood tests. Um, they'll come back to see their results. It's a perfunctory review of the blood tests. Very few of them can get access to, um, you know, uh, even HRT or DHEA. Most uh, One of the most common emails I get is, where can I find a doctor who will prescribe uh, HRT and DHEA? But you were saying with thyroid um, malfunction and even insulin resistance sometimes the blood markers will come up okay but the doctor has to dig further what can we do to kind of improve our agency for our health are there things that we can ask for are there things that we should uh you know other than reading and listening and um uh, investigating what can we ask for from our gp who is possibly our first point of call or our naturopath to kind of take the investigation further because it's really hard for most people to push back on a perfunctory review of their medical dashboard. Mm. It's a great question. And it's, it's, it's asking for continued help with real respect and consideration for the position the professional is in. So sometimes and I've had so many people over the years share exactly what you've just said. (laughs) Sometimes I think ego gets in the way, the health professional's ego. Sometimes they lack knowledge. They literally don't know where else to look, but they're not brave enough or um, they're not going to say that. I don't know. I'm at at my wit's end. I don't know where else to go for you. Um, So then if that's the case, we need to get another opinion. We need to find another person who has a deeper knowledge, a more expansive knowledge in the area, in this case, thyroid, for example, that we're wanting to look at. And But what if you don't know it's your thyroid? Um, and, you you know, should, should we be going to our uh, medical practitioners and saying, please give me a comprehensive thyroid test, please check me for insulin resistance, please check my sex hormones? Is that, is that how we we could be and should be advocating for ourselves once we start reaching that perimenopause stage? 
if you do that, you'll have, so we, it helps if you offer to pay for those blood tests because GPs aren't allowed to do tests simply to investigate. They've got to have evidence for why they would do a particular blood test. So you'll, people are told no when they ask for a lot of blood tests because the GP will get into trouble. So it can help to say, I'm very, I don't feel like myself. There's something that's not right. I don't know if it's my thyroid, my adrenals, insulin. I don't know what it is, my, my sex hormones. So I would really love to do a big batch of blood tests and I'm prepared to pay for those. That can help. Uh, you can see a natural medicine practitioner. So a very experienced naturopath, but again, you'd have to pay for those blood tests. And then obviously you can try to find an integrative GP in your area. An integrative GP is usually very knowledgeable and very comfortable ordering a whole heap of blood tests and they will find ways to justify it or they're, yeah, they'll find ways to justify it to, to get you um, those blood tests and get more insight, particularly into this more nutritional side of things. Okay, to wrap it up, I am dying to know what supplements do you take and what are some wellness non-negotiables for you? <laughs> so that's a lovely question. Uh, I Firstly, I eat in a really nourishing way and that's not because I have rigid rules or it's just how I like to live. Um, so I, I eat in a really nourishing way. Uh, supplements, I, I flip and choose whatever I want to do in a day. So it's different every day. So BioBlend's Liver Love is something that I take pretty much every day. Uh, I do take a combination, uh, a skin nutrition, it's called skin nutrition, that's a combination of grapeseed extract, gotcha cola, vitamin C, zinc, and it's also got an extract from melon in it that contains uh, superoxide dismutase, which is a really, really powerful antioxidant that has a big synergistic effect with other nutrients in the body. So I love that. Uh, I have been through patches where I've taken an iron supplement, not at the moment though. Uh, sometimes I will use an extra magnesium supplement. I play with oil sometimes. So I love evening primrose oil. I will usually couple that with a fish oil. Uh, but again, I, I play with that just based on whatever I think on the day. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please share and rate this episode. I'd love that. Ageless by Rescue is brought to you by Rescue Me Academy, Reignite Your Relationship course. Love your relationship but miss the early days? You're not alone. This course will teach you how to identify your issues, stop the fighting, find what you need to be happy, re-spark intimacy and keep the lines of communication open. Join us at rescuemeacademy.com.au to learn more about the program and to download your first free lesson.